Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to a new edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about modern orthodoxy, religious Zionism, and everything in between. My name is Ruben Spolter. I'm here with Rabbanit Mali Brasky. I'm here with the Rabbi Johnny Solomon. And uh, this week, we're going to start with an election redux following the, the uh, elections that took place here in Israel, which, uh, on the one hand, uh, gave a, a, a significant victory to the Likud party, to Benjamin Netanyahu, but also had a lot of interesting nuances, and we're all going to wait to find out if everyone in the kindergarten can get together and figure out how to play nice and make an actual government. Because uh, while Netanyahu did win in the elections, it doesn't really count unless you actually uh, are able to successfully form a real government. So that's yet to be seen. Nonetheless, we found some really interesting phenomenon that I want to share and I want to point out. The first being the rise of the Likud basically at the expense of Yamina, which is supposedly the religious Zionist party. We're seeing a dramatic weakness in the religious Zionist parties. And we're going to ask why. And at the same time, uh, uh, something that I want to start and point out, a really fascinating phenomenon that a number of political, political pundits are pointing out. That's alliteration. Political pundits are pointing out. Okay, and uh, thank you. And um, uh, that is that Bibi Netanyahu has somehow successfully created what they call the coalition of the of the faithful, in a sense, the coalition of the believing. If you think about it, it's Likud, it's Shas, it's Yahaduta Torah, it's Yamina. And so I saw an article last night by Yair Shirky in Besheva in which he wrote, he said, there's basically two camps. The, you know, the machloket, the ongoing debate in Judaism, in, in, in Israel is, you know, they call it a medina yehudit v'demokrati, Jewish and democratic. And he said, everything focuses on where do you put the emphasis before, before or after the vav, yehudit v'demokrati. Do you put the emphasis on it's a Jewish state plus democracy? Or do you put the emphasis on it should be a democratic state with Jewish elements? So he said that Bibi clearly demonstrated that, that the, the, his coalition was able to coalesce, even though they disagree about so many other things, his coalition was able to, to, co- to coalesce together around this idea of Medina Yehudit and taking it for granted and the Jewish elements of the Jewish state. And that's clearly a majority of the Jewish voters in the state of Israel today. So I'm gonna, I, have, I have more to say about this. I think you know, we have to ask ourselves where that comes from, and A, whether it's true, and what are the implications of such a, such a trend uh, in the state of Israel moving forward? So, Mali, can you address that? I'll ask you to address that, and then we'll continue the discussion. Do you think that that, 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 that um, analysis is true? I think I saw Sivan Rahab Meir also talked about it and posted about it. And how do you see that affecting the Jewish state moving forward? Yeah, so I actually um, definitely think it's true. I, I mean, I noticed it myself as I was watching the results. I, 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 I made a few comments on Facebook about this. But like um, Jaime Navon also uh, wrote about, I think it was him. He was like, I- I'm rubbing my eyes. Like, am I seeing things correctly? And I'll just give a few things that like you're looking at them. And if you've been here for as, as 1994, you're like, is this like really, am I, is this a dream? So the first one is um, Shas in their commercial has Ben-Gurion, like, like the background of the commercial is Ben-Gurion establishing the Jewish state, Right. And it's exactly what you said, Ruby. It's like a given now that Shas is like has this like vision of the Medina, and they're they're they were they were um, campaigning on, and we want to make sure that this Medina, which we think is awesome, should be a Medina Yehudit, right? As you're saying, that was, and again, this is because the 
the the the battle cry of of certainly Lieberman was and also factions of Kahola Lavan, let's be honest, was um, to attack religion or religiosity or certainly extremist religion or religiosity. So, um, but like, has Ben Gurion in their ads? Like, what, what, what? A Haredi party has Ben Gurion in their ads? That's the first thing. Second thing is I'm watching, okay, I'm watching the Likud celebrate. And in the beginning, they were really celebrating because they really thought they were in, like, within one mandate. Molly, if you, uh, if you don't mind echoing that, yes. I was listening the day after the election to Radio Kolchai. I don't listen to it myself, but I was in a carpool. And they said exactly that. They were, they were talking in such strong Zionistic terms. What a blessing it is to live in a democratic country. You know, just honest, you know, it was just, it, it, you're right, this, the whole nature of the discussion like you see, in a way, and it's, it's interesting to see Haredim becoming more Zionist, more openly Zionist, and like unabashedly about it. But they have their priorities as well. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Correct. Exactly. And that's how they and and they they also Shas. If you again, if you remember, Shas was always kind of middle. Sometimes they leaned left. Um, they, they 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 would, you know, they would during the Oslo years. They they were not necessarily Revolvaja wasn't necessarily a. Um, a right-wing figure at all, um, and now they're campaigning on only Bibi, right? Their 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 people are are, are very right. So I'll, I want to talk about that one in a second. But the other thing that I'm watching, I'm watching the Likud celebrate, right? And as I'm saying, they they think they're like they think it's over. They think they've gotten the party. They think they're forming a right-wing coalition without any problem, and they're singing and dancing to Anachnu Maminim Bnei Maminim. I'm like, is this a Shas rally? Is is this a Afdal rally or a, I guess Yamina rally? Or Rally, what is happening? And then, since I couldn't sleep and I stayed up until three in the morning and I watched BB's speech, um, BB gets up and I don't know who the guy was, must have been some famous singer. He's singing Mishama Amin Lo Mifached. That's what these, and BB comes up and BB's singing with him Mishama Amin Lo Mifached. I'm like, what is happening? And again, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like there was this whole thing around the song Shabachi Rishalayim Hashem. BB sang it with a couple of, of, um, of reporters, and then one of them got got I don't know fired or if like you know um, whatever the word is like. Um, oh, R.L. Segel. That's when he was he was like you know he was uh, he was put on mis- administrative put leave. on exactly put on leave because he's but like he's sitting the way his campaign is he's sitting in his office singing Shabachi Yerushalayim and Hashem, and then when they heard that they won, that was the first thing they did. You see the him with his entire. Um, group in his office singing Shabbachim Yerushalayim and Hashem, and then at the rally he's singing Shabbachim Yerushalayim and Hashem, and then he talks about today is your the most, ama- the most amazing yeah. thing about Bibi is he's not known to be a personally religious person. That Gantz is he's known to be more the- personally religious, but he has okay, except that he's very um, biblically. He's a, he like he's a he's a Tanakh scholar. A Tanakh scholar. He's, I mean, he comes from a family. His wife, his wife actually is a Tanakh scholar. His children were part of Chidon Tanakh, which he mentioned in his speech. Yeah, but anyway. Interesting. So it's okay. So so the truth is, and then I saw people talking about this, and and as you said, Sivan Ravmeyer, I think, said it best. She said, Bibi ran on what she called Zehut identity, right? He's he's managed to coalesce around him, and that's how he won this election. An identity, and and this harkens back to me to our conversations about Jews Israeli, right? Where it's like the majority of Jews in this country now put themselves in a camp that has some kind of mix, and maybe you're somewhere. Uh, differ on the spectrum of Zionist, religious, and traditional, right? So she's like, Bibi is a non-religious Ashkenazi, right? But somehow, Shas, right? Um, Haredim, Sfardim, um, religious Zionists, right? All, they, they're all kind of coalescing in his camp. 
And I think what she was saying was he created, this, he, he was playing to this Jews-Raeli base. And the majority of Jews are Jews-Raeli. And I just want to say about what you said about versus democracy, not versus democracy. I, I don't, I don't, I would, let's be fair. I don't think that the people in that base are anti-democratic. No, emphasis. I think it's a question of emphasis. They're, they're, and it's not even just a question of emphasis. And this is another point that is a political point, but I think is important to raise, which is, there, you know, the Kahala the, the, um, people, and not just them, but like the people who, you know, let's say are on the left, try to create this idea that like, we are, we are pro-democracy, the Supreme Court and the Prakletut, um, and, you know, and, and perhaps the right is not like that. But there's a different movement going on, which is that there's a, a movement of a sense that the elites, are, it's not that people, that the right or whatever you want to call them, the BB camp or the the, the whatever fifty eight mandates that BB has, really don't believe in democracy and just want a theocratic state or however you want to say. It. That's way too simplistic. It's that they don't believe that the elites are actually behaving in a way that they consider democratic. It's not that they think, oh, who cares? Let's have BB be prime minister even though he's a um, a variant, right? He he's broken the law. They don't trust the the Supreme Court, which is a very very activist court. And they don't 100% trust the, um, the um, whatever they're called, the prakletut, right? They don't, they don't, they don't. Prosecution, the state prosecution. Prosecution, they think that they're all, um, that, that, and certainly not the, 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 um, the, what's it called? I can't speak English anymore. All right, Ma, but now, Molly, we're not getting out Wait, of here. One second, I want to say this. Okay, no, but why is this important? Because I do want to defend the right and say it's not, but, but it's an important point because to, like the way you framed it as like, more religious versus more democratic is not fair. I don't think that that's fair. I think it's, are you part of this Israeli camp where you care about democracy, Zionism, Judaism, tradition, or are you in a place that's not that? Which doesn't mean that, certainly not Kacholavan voters, there are plenty of religious Kacholavan voters, Masorati Kacholavan voters, but if you look, let's say, at like, you know, Meretz Avodah Labor, which got like five votes, right, or six, I mean, mandates, they say a lot of their people actually voted for the for Arabs, right? There's there's a movement. There's this very small minority of Israelis that are in this far left place, and then you have like a very large proportion that's in this like comfortably in this Israeli place, and then there's like I'll finish up. There's like you know a certain middle space that is making the decisions based on other factors, right? Like I don't want BB anymore. The final point I'll make, and then I'll I'll pass it over, it, and that I think it is important is that. Rock low BB is not a very good, to say what I stand for is not that guy seems to have not been a successful campaign. You have to stand for something, not against something. And I also have what to say about the, the idea of the religious Zionist parties, but maybe we'll I'll come back, say We'll come back to that. Johnny, I'd yeah. like you to respond to the, the, the idea of the trend, the idea of, do you, do you see it as well? Do you agree with the idea of the fake camp versus the, I don't know, not the dem democratic emphasis camp? Uh, or do you think that there's something else going on? So just before I talk about that camp, it's just worthwhile taking note that, you know, Israel is a tremendous democracy. In this election, there are a number of new parties and uh, new parties are right there and people can vote for them. And if they have enough voices to support them, they get a mandate, they get a seat. Uh, you know, in a world where I come from the UK, uh, you guys are from the US, where it's often, you know, two parties primarily. We live in a country where there are about 30 and every party has the opportunity to actually get a place, get a seat at the table with enough votes. And that every election provides the opportunity for new parties to create themselves. So if we don't see democracy here, then I don't know where else we're going to. 
Now, in terms of the wider question of do we see in both Likud and its associated partnerships an expression of the Jews-Raeli phenomenon that we discussed, 100% yes. There is a, a, a turning towards a coherent commitment to traditional values, which has been expressed in a variety of people uh, picking up their voting card and going with those parties. Nevertheless, while I'm both an idealist, I'm also a cynic. And kind of, I think we have to be quite clear that one of the reasons why some of these parties are more prepared to perhaps change their tone is there's a realism. Sure. To be on the periphery of the political conversation um, uh, means that you're on the periphery of gaining from the political clout that you can have were you to be included in the government. And obviously there are questions of resources here which are tremendously important. And there's also a paucity of great leaders. We mentioned Shas. Well, they haven't really got coherent leadership. Yaduta Torah. You think about the religious Zionist community, there isn't one coherent religious Zionist leader. Though Bibi, and we know he is a man of faults, uh, everybody else is, but certainly his faults have been put under a microscope. But he's a leader, undoubtedly. Uh, and as a result of that, People, you know, who don't have somebody to turn to, they kind of say, well, he may not represent me, but there are sufficient shared interests for me to want to be a supporter of him. And I'm prepared to change the tone of my ideology to demonstrate a sense and desire of partnership. So, yes, there is this kind of Jews-Raeli phenomenon. There's also a certain reality that if you want power, you've got to work with the, the other teams. If you're part of United Torah Judaism, you're part of Shas, um, then you need to ask yourself, what am I prepared to do in order to demonstrate my loyalties so that I can get what I think to be important to me and my camp? And I think that too is represented in a variety of things. Nevertheless, Sivan Rechav Meir is correct. Uh, and we mentioned her words. that the, uh, uh, Comparing Kachol Avan to Likud, Kachol Avan led a very anti-campaign um, I'm actually quite surprised that a number of people I know who are supportive of that blinded themselves this reality. A note should be made, they are very, very uh, kind of fierce, and I'd say even toxic, towards the religious end of religious Zionism. And as I met, I went to an optician appointment in Tel Aviv the day after the election, and some guy basically said to me, you know, it's funny, you know, it's, people voted as they could because they stood for something. Kacholavan basically stood against it, just like what Mali said. And when you have a, a lack of coherence about your ideology, and it's all about not him, and especially when you throw mud, then it's not a pleasant thing. Nevertheless, as uh, Ruby Rivlin, I'm going to end right now, as Ruby Rivlin said, you know, there weren't that many winners of this election, even though BB is himself partially patting himself on the back. This was a not particularly pleasant election campaign from all sides. And, um, uh, and, and I think there's a certain dissatisfaction, obviously, about the the result, in fact, from both ends of the spectrum. Molly, you wanted to respond. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that um, what you're saying, if you look at it through a different lens, actually supports this idea, meaning I 100% agree with you that the parties um, were, were pragmatic in the way that they um, they ran their campaigns, but I think that, that what that demonstrates is fascinating, which is that they were playing to their bases, right? Again, why is Shas and even Aguda, like if you look at why she Aguda ads, they're also like, it's just happy dancing around the Torah. We love Hashem. We love the Torah. And we're going to be part of Bibi's coalition. Um, it's because they're listening to their people, right? It's like Shas 
and 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 Aguda are are now they're being led by the people, right? It's like they can't they right. can't say, and that shows. And, and this is a point that I think is an important other important point to make, which is, and as you said, there, there was a lot of mudslinging and a lot of divisiveness. By the way, that might also be well. Let, let's just say, certainly Lieberman is you know that's his whole campaign is like based on hate. Well, I, uh, I don't think it's based on hate, Molly. I think Lieberman is playing to his base. I, I have what to say. I'll respond to Okay, so wait, let me, okay, so let me just say, I, 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 think, I think that both Lieberman and Kohola Van, um, and, 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 and oh, I have to be, you know, also Likud, but I think one of the reasons why Likud, wait, yes, okay, this will be short. One of the, one of the things Likud did at the end when they got their surge is they, Bibi just um, kept hitting the positive, right? He kept showing how awesome the country's going, grown in 10 years. Now, I'm not saying he didn't do the same stuff. He did a lot of ugly stuff in this election. <laughs> he was pretty ugly at the end. Right. <laughs> yes, when he cut that clip, that the was really fit, the clip, the girl. It's all yes. pretty ugly. Yes, but but at the same time, he also emphasized positive, which I thought was interesting. Um, politically, not that was not I'm not saying that as an ideological thing, it's a political thing, but what I'm trying to say is the people are not divided. This I also think Stephen Rabbi my ear said. Um, the people are much less divided. It's the politicians that are trying to sow a lot more of the discord, even though you there's okay. So Lieberman has how many mandates? Six, seven at this point. Lieberman, right? So there are Lieberman got seven. Seven. There are there's seven mandates of people in the country who have bought into either they like vote for him because, you know, he's their sectoral interest or maybe they believe this stuff about, you know, Kharid and our Mishikistim. I'm not even sure, right? But I think that the majority of the country is not divided, doesn't hate each other, doesn't is not interested in slinging mud. And I just saw this really interesting article this morning, and it's it says here. I'll just get um, get to it. The Israeli mayors have had it, and they're like Israeli mayors. We will we will break political deadlock with new party. Israeli mayors from all across the country are like, if there's a fourth election, we're running a party, and what we're running on is. We're, as you said, Ruby, we're going to force you guys to sit down and play nicely. And, the, and what their argument is, they're like, we know that you guys can all get along. We all get along within our municipalities. We know how government works. This, this image that, we're, that this divisiveness does not reflect either with the will of the people or actual political reality. And I think that's a really important point. And I think that I wish that politicians would internalize that and stop trying to, to sow fake divisiveness in the people, it's like we've really reached this point where, like, the door is ahead of its leaders, right? I really believe that. All right, go ahead. Halavai, that were true. I wanted to go back to uh, um, the, to this idea of this the the um, the trend, the trend rightward. I would say, as you said, Chaim Nabon said, if 1994, I couldn't imagine that this would happen. I think it's a re- really interesting, obviously, a trend that we've all agreed on. But then you have to ask yourself, like, as as you study or somebody, if you watch trends. Trends don't happen in an instant. Meaning, a trend like that that happens over time, it doesn't happen also by itself. So you'd have to ask yourself, what are the causes for this trend? And I'm not talking about a trend politically rightward that would be caused by the Oslo Accords and by the Intifada. So we understand that that's a political rightwardness, but we're talking about a trend of 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 identity, of religious identity, of spirituality, trends that we're all that we're all trying to identify that have manifestations in the political form. And I personally, I think thought about this a lot. I think that if you look back, you'd have to ask yourself, what changed from 1994 to today? There has been a concerted, strong, uh, grassroots effort on the part of religious Zionists 
to reinsert the idea of religion and Jewish identity into, into the state over an extended period of time. Ask yourself this question. When did the what they call Garinim Toraniim begin? They began right around the, the middle 1990s when people began to realize well, we've abandoned, we've lost, we've lost the, 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 you know, the populace. So these Garinim Toranim, they've been for years and years, for literally decades, just doing simple things, Purim parties and you know, Hanukkah things. When did Sohar's, you know, davening, Sohar's religious davening in the Matnasim begin? They began literally, when did Sohar start? They, you know, all these things, they're little drops, but they're not little drops. You know, I work in Oratora Stone. They have this thing called Yachad, where they just do religious programming, the Asim. When I was working in Orot, so we worked with, with Shirut Leumi girls. There's a whole uh, Shirut Leumi organization called Zehut. Zehut. What do they do? These Shirut Leumi girls, they go and they teach simple religious ide- ideas, not ideology, but religious ideas, in, in secular schools. And they're well received. The teachers love them. The kids love them. Only now are you seeing, you know, a blowback from, for example, a blowback from, from, you know, the secular government in Ramat Gan saying it's called what's called Hadata. Because they're, it's not, they're not afraid of Hadata. Mm-hmm. They realize that they, that, that, that the religious community has created a, 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 a grassroots energy in a, a movement that now, only now is beginning to see results, beginning to see political results. So what's really fascinating is this is the result of like forward thinking and understanding that if you want to change society, you have to do it one person at a time, one kolil at a time, one garin tarini at a time, one Shabbat meal at a time. And that has, uh, that has strong effects over a long, long period of time. What's ironic now, though, is that the same forces, the same people that promoted this they're now, and I want to turn to our second discussion, is to, they're, they're now weakened because now the, strong, the strength of the right uh, has now weakened Yamina to a strong, strong degree. And, and the same forces that insisted that coalition money go to support the Garinim Taranim and, and, you know, the she, and these Shevulumi girls, are they still going to have that same influence and power to make sure that that's going to happen? So I want to now turn to the second discussion, which is the the weakness of Yamina or the, the, the loss of strong sectorial identity in the religious Zionist community and ask, well, I'll turn to Johnny first and say, Johnny, what, do you, what does it mean that Yamina is now down to six seats, that, 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 you know, that religious Zionism per se no longer is a sector or a, or a political identity as much as a religious identity and that people have seemed, they, they turn to Yamina, they turn, I'm sorry, they turn to Likud, and they no longer see the, the need to vote necessarily for their own religious party. So I, we, we've discussed this, uh, you know, over many months. I've been very, very clear that I don't think there is such a thing as singular religious Zionism. And I also think there's significant pushback that people are tired that individuals are speaking for them. You know, we now live in an in a international superhighway. You know, we all have as much information at our fingertips as necessarily... Uh, other so-called leaders, and people basically often feel that you know a person living in one part of the country, you know, surrounded by a particular group of people, who's to say they necessarily speak for me politically, religiously? I may well be prepared to take their guidance and rulings. But politics is personal, and uh, and as we know, there's also been a trauma over the last uh, fifteen plus years post disengagement, which has also had a seismic shift on the kind of discourse and priorities within the religious Zionist world. So uh, I, I don't think that kind of sectorial religious Zionism 
exists anymore. Um, I think even educationally, where people often used to pin it on a certain institution, that's diminishing. I think that's playing out in the political sphere. Uh, and, and so religious, religious Zionist voices within the realm of politics is, I think, something of the past. Whereas right now we have political religious Zionist voices still trying what they can to get points across. And what was the argument of Yamina? Yamina didn't think they're going to be the head of the government. They, however, they said, we're going to be hopefully part of the government, working alongside Bibi, meaning they always knew they were going to be an adjunct group who are working in partnership with a leading Correct, party. Correct, Johnny, but, but Shah said the exact same thing, and Aguda said the exact same thing. But it didn't resonate with religious Zionist voters per se. Why is that? Right, because, that, that, because religious Zionists haven't got that sense of followership that uh, Shas and Aguda have. And that's fostered not merely in the political landscape, but also in the religious landscape. And as mentioned, there's a paucity of, of, of religious leaders and that emphasis on autonomy that comes from slightly more, uh, shall we call it, modern outlook is shaped, it shapes the way people kind of say, I'm not interested in you telling me necessarily who to vote for, what to think. So I think there is a fracture. There, there are basically two... Uh, levels of religious Zionism. One is religious Zionism in the religious realm, and you've got the Yeshivot and, and the Midrashot and the Ulpanot and, and certain religious leaders and certain uh, Torah sources and voices, uh, which has an expression of ideology. And you have a secondary political conversation, and though perhaps 20 years ago there was a direct correlation between one to the other, and certainly that was the case, now I don't think it's direct at all. Mali? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, something Johnny said, which related to your last point um, about the the changing of the culture, I think you know I think you're 100 percent right, and I think two of the major things that led the religious Zionist world to change its tone and to do Cheshbon and Nefesh, and I think in a very positive way, was both Ritzach Rabin and the Hitnakut, where they they realized that like um, um, unless you're as as the phrase is Nachel Belvavot, right? Mom, unless, can you translate? Just make sure you translate your terms. Yes. Okay. It was the um, the the murder of of Rabin. Right, which was done by a religious Zionist person, and that was like, wow, when we become extreme, look look where we end up. This is a little frightening. Um, and 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 again, the, um, the 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 um, the um, the degree of hatred and animosity and divisiveness that was felt in this country after the murder of Robin, and then again, the um, the disengagement from from Gaza, where there was a, there was a sense in the religious Zionist community that like the only people who were against the disengagement were religious Zionists. People, and there was very little empathy for them um, among the larger community. And I think that was a really like a slap in the face to the religious Zionist community. And I think they realized it. Um, and, and I think um, as part of this shift, and I think it's important. But just to, just to talk about, and by the way, also in the Haredi world, right? It's like um, there's been a movement over the past. And you know this, Ruby, you, 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 you work with this, right? Haredi, if you, just leave the Haredi world alone. If you just leave them alone and we stop making them feel threatened by the government, there's been a, a, a shift into they want to work. They, 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 they're, they're more willing to go into the army. They, they, they have to, like, draw back. Education, go, colleges. Education, right. They, set, they, they freak out when your Lapid starts yelling at them, and then they say, oh, you're, Lapid, you're a Malik, and then we end up back where we were. But if everybody would just, just leave them alone, be quiet, and, like, let the, the, the changes happen within their, their culture... Right. I think we're seeing that already, as we saw in this election. But just to talk about um, 
Yamina for a second and, you know, the, the religious Zionist parties, first of all, um, this is not a new phenomenon. I think already for the past 10 years plus, we the, the Dati Lumi um, party was not able to get more than six to seven mandates. And I think the, the reasons are, as Johnny said, because Dati Lumi people are not in their identity, are just they're not one sector, right? Dati Lumi, are, they're all over the map. They, they're, they're in Likud. They're in, um, some of them are in Shas, some of them are in, um, this is an article about, that this post by Asher. Some are very large Kacholavan. Some are in Kacholavan, absolutely. Molly, interesting, I live in Yabin Yamin, so I, I always wonder, like, I, Yamina, the, the term Yamina, it just means right. we're Likud right. And right. over the past few years, it's been obvious that Bennett ran away from any religious issues. Like, they're just Correct. not commenting on it's that. It's also hilarious, because he's like, first of all, he, he, there was like, there was, um, what was it called? Um, the Mafdal, right? And so then he forms Habayat HaYehudi. Then he, like, opens up and goes back to, right, then, then he and Bennett Shaked, they leave to form Yamina. Then he goes back to Habayat HaYehudi. No, but you're, you're missing my point. They, they de-emphasize to a large degree yes, the religious they, and the yes. religious Zionism. And but he that, meant, he, to my mind, correct. Pushed many, meaning the whole the whole rise of the of the what's it called the the Kav party the what do they call that party the one that didn't run and Otsma and Otsma. the loss of the correct. loss of those votes they he I thought he was opening in correct mean they like like a lot of like the yeshiva people here it's like pseudo right. yeshiva they all voted Shah I saw that I actually looked I looked at Yad Benjamin I looked at Evan Shmuel I so, so yeah. you're seeing about, you're seeing way, religious Yamina, people that end up the, like if, if Yamina is not religious then I'm going to vote for for Aguda but then I'm not going to vote meaning it could just yes. be yes they have it could be that the leadership is a, it's a miscalculation and to say to Bennett listen right. you want to be if you want to be Likud right then go to Likud and be Likud right but right. It, but we need if you want to have a religious Zionist party then be religious Zionist because right. they're not right. that now okay so I think that that's true I, just, so yeah just before Mali just just say for our listeners there's a wonderful thing in Israel that you can look up literally to the number who voted for whom in any yeshuv in any city and you mentioned, for example, you looked up in, yeah, you mean, Evan Shmuel, you know, if a person's interested, you know, what is the political makeup of a particular yeshuv or town, that's public information. The link is very easy to find. Uh, and you get literally the stats, uh, say, to the individual number, obviously not person. And I think it's fascinating yeah. and uh, worthwhile having a look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but, so but just... my point, though, is exactly my point that, it, it, Wait, so I, I want to respond to that. To some degree, it's a failure of the religious Zionist party to be religious Zionist. You One know? second. So for, okay, so I want to say something to that. First of all, um, um, another reason why why it, the the religious Zionists vote less is it also depends how, because they're 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 ideologically also Zionist. If they feel like the right is threatened, a lot of times feel like they can't afford to vote in their own interests. So it's like, and that's what Bennett said. One of the, he's like, I took the fall for the, you know, because everybody voted BB because it was like, whoever's going to get the most votes forms, forms the next coalition. So Bennett said, I took the fall and you guys all voted for BB and, and our numbers went down. Um, and I think that there is something to that. And it's the disadvantage of as you said, because then they don't have a voice in government the way Agud and Shas do. And in the end of the day, Agud and Shas control things that we want the religious Zionists to be controlling, certainly in terms of religion. But one final point that I found fascinating, just to kind of offset this, is for, and I'll say two more points. One more point is, you're right, Bennett tried to open, he tried to take advantage of Jews and open the tent and say, we're not just religious, we're 
but in Masoretti. But ironically, he also narrowed because he pushed a lot of religious out. But what's so interesting, what do Benin and Shaked asking for these days? They're not asking for Chinuch and for Misrat HaDatot. They're asking for Bitachon and Mishpatim. Right. Which is really interesting. On the one hand, you could say, wait, you're abandoning... Um, the religious areas, which are the ones that are important to us, which are bitachon and, I mean, uh, dat and, uh, I'll say it in English, um, the religion, religious... education. And education. <laughs> but, but, but the truth is that, that bitachon and mishpatim, which is the, um, the um, what, what's it, what is mishpatim technically? Justice ministry. Justice ministry. Justice ministry of the right, Department of Ministry of Justice and the Ministry of um, Defense. Those are much harder to get. They're considered much more um, higher up positions. So the fact that Bennett and Shaked can demand those things shows you that they, for all their six or seven mandates seems low, there are six or seven very important mandates, and the religious Zionist vision is now bigger than it used to be. See, it's I don't, like, but, I, but I think awesome. that might, Let be, me just that might the be a point. reflection of I mean, Bennett's personal a, a no, wait, but why, why, wait, but why do you, I need wait. a religious sorry, Peter Hohn, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Because, wait, okay, I'll tell you why, what, what I think it does reflect. What, what it reflects is that the as we've been talking about, the religious Zionist community over the past 10, 20 years, remember Uri Orbach, HaTovim La 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 Tikshoret, right? This awareness that like, we, we should be as the religious Zionist community, even though we are whatever percentage of the population, 9%, I don't remember what it is anymore. We have tremendous values and tremendous power um, in a positive way, and we see that we're, we, if we if we if we spread out, we can have tremendous positive influence on society, not just through our share with Lumi girls, but again in the army, right? And there's this whole question of our, like, there's so many religious people in the army, and our religious are, is the upper echelons not allowing people with kippot to go up to higher degrees. Again, in in um, in the media, there you with a, with a kippah on their head in the media 20 years ago. Now, some of our most successful media people, Sivan Rabmeir, Amit Segal, and more, have kippahs on their heads. It, we're in a different reality, and, and that also shows the strength of our sector. Right? The weakness is, oh, we, we don't focus only on religion, but that's also a strength, which is we focus everywhere, and we're starting to influence well, all areas. I agree with you. That they can say, be viewed. It's say, a double-edged sword, but it has a positive side to it as well. They say that Likud, they're like, you know, Yuli Edelstein is the is is president of the Knesset, and he's religious. Right. But my point is, the point of having a religious Zionist political party right. is to promote religious Correct. Zionist ideologies. I, I mean, I happen to think... Well, Sha- well, I happen, wait, let me finish. I happen to think that Shaked did a great deal in Mishpatim because... Because our ideology is hampered by an activist court and it had to be reined in, but I don't see why I have to have my personal, you know, my representative in 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 the Ministry of Defense. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, if you could have somebody in the right. with the right wing ideology, and it's far more important to promote the things that I voted for, to say, okay, give me Misrata Datot, give me Sarah Chinuch, and promote my values. Right. And between you and me, even in Misrata Chinuch. You know, English and math, those are great, but that's not the, you know, those are important, but not necessarily the priorities. It's just a fascinating dichotomy of where are the religious Zionist people. Yeah. But I I think you misrepresented what Yamin is about. You you confused a religious Zionist party with a party for religious Zionists. Yamina never said we are the religious Zionist party, at least not other than to try and get more people to vote. But we all know, and and it's not been a hidden... It's really a party that they say there's a place for every religious Zionist right. to feel that their voice is being counted here. Once you confuse the two, then you lead to this idea that, oh, because Yamina is going to get this position in government, oh, it just shows how great our 
our, our community is about. But that's not what Yamina comes, you know, that's not the card it's standing for. And I think this is exactly the whole issue. This is where the confusion lies. Just because somebody says, there's a place here for you, does not necessarily mean I am you. Right. You, you look at Yamina and you look at, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bennett and others, and though, you know, you know appearance-wise, it may well be something which is very um, reassuring, somebody who looks religious, that seems modern, but as you mentioned, he doesn't involve himself in a lot of the gritty religious issues, because what he's saying is, I want to be a party for religious Zionists, but I'm not standing up for those positions. Ayelet Shaked is very clear. She says, there, some of these things really aren't, you know, big issues for me. Nevertheless, I believe the religious Zionist community deserves to have a strong voice, and I'm happy to be part of it. Let's not confuse the two. Otherwise, you're basically trying to claim that Yamina is what was... No, no, but uh, wait, I agree Johnny, with you, Johnny, and Johnny, I disagree with true. you. Johnny, if that's true, then you don't need Yamina. Then you just have Likud, because they say the same thing. Right, meaning, the point oh, is... So one second. I, I think, I wouldn't demarcate it as... I, I think what you're seeing is a much more, like, fascinating... Um, expression of the complexity of the religious Zionist community. I agree with you, Johnny, that it's a good way to say it. It's like there's a place also for religious Zionists within our Yamina party. But I think it does reflect the fact that there's such a thing called Habayit HaYehudi, which is what I called it before. This idea, again, back to Israeli, however you want to say it, that the religious Zionists are, are flourishing everywhere and they're, and they're starting to, to, to kind of be a part of Israeli society in a much less sectoral way, and that's positive in the ways that I'm describing. I agree with you that it's, it's also very negative in the way that you're describing and that Ruby's describing, which is that we're stopping to argue for our sector and we are letting th certain things go. Like who's going to fight for our schools, for our mamadim? We have to do that. Besides the fact that, again, like we're being mafkir, we're letting the misrata which has to do with conversion and it has to do with marriage and it has to do with kashrut, that's going to be Haredi now for the next who knows how long, unless we can figure out other ways to exert our power because the Haredi have more power because they are more sectoral. sectoral. So I'm, not, I'm very aware of the issue, right? And, but, but I think that it's, 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 it's not black and white. It's really interesting about what it says about religious Zionist people and their, their place in the society and, and their influence on society. It's just really, really sociologically fascinating. Right. The difference between Bayad Hayyudi and Yamina might be the exact same leadership. But it's a world, it's a sea change in tone. A Baida Yehudi, yes, a Jewish home has all kinds of different people, but it's a it's a it's a Baida Yehudi. You know, it has a certain emphasis and a certain tone and a certain value set. Whereas Yamina is entirely different and there's a different right. sense of value set and a different message. Which brings me, Molly, your point brings me to the last point. To my my the last point that I wanted to bring up and turn back to the issue of Lieberman. We tend to minimize the importance of um, the Mistrada de Tod and and the religious affairs. But Lieberman's whole campaign was based on, how do you say it, anti-Haredi, you know, paint everyone as a religious, religious extremist. And the, those paintings obviously work for some small segment of the community. So if you would look who are, you know, who would Lieberman's seven seats come from? It, it's obviously, he's, he's, it's all in Russian. We don't know anything about what he's saying to them. And it's obviously playing to a Russian community that on the one hand is ideologically right wing. That's what they all say about the Russian community. Yep. But, but has strong resentment for a religious uh, establishment that's imposing on their way of life, that's, that's affecting them in ways that we can't understand. And to be honest with you, statistics say many, many of them are not Jewish. 
So if you, the, you know, I, my point is, we ignore the issues of religion and state at our peril. This whole stalemate, the entire stalemate and the lack of an ability to make a government is all on Lieberman. Like everyone was shocked when Lieberman Absolutely. said no. But are you really surprised now in the end that he, time and time again, he's demonstrated, I can bring a plurality of people that are voting for this issue of anti-religiosity and anti-whatever because we, we fail to address these issues. We ignore them. You know, and so to say leave it in the hands of the Haredim is only the, the, the it's not going to solve the underlying problem. Why are these people voting for Lieberman? Because he has a, he wants they want a voice. They want something. Yeah, but okay, but again, but I, I feel saying, like meaning, I meaning, totally understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree Biden with you. Indeed, could say, well, okay, let the Haredim have decided that talk. Okay, but, I, but we're maybe only I'm see wrong. The Lieberman camp maintain its strength and and and. What's okay? So there, I might a, disagree with you. A fundamental problem for the state of Israel that has to be addressed in some way. Okay, so okay, so I'd say I agree with you and I disagree with you. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would differentiate between, again, the, the Avodah Meretz vote, which is really, they believe in their souls, right? These are the anti-Hadatah. Mm-hmm. They really, they, they are, they, they really, you know, they're the old secular elites or they're following the path of the old secular elites that are anti-religious, think that religious is, you know, antiquated, dark ages stuff. And this Russian population, the Russian population, I personally feel the Russian population, uh, give them another 20 years and, and let's see where they're holding because they're, they're starting to become part of Israeli society. And they're anti-religious right now. Wait, no, wait. I, Ma- Mali, wait, wait no, let me these finish. are the children. Let me finish. These are the children of those Olim. These are the wait, children that were wait. born in Israel. There wait, are, there wait, are let me finish. Wait. Non-Jewish let, Russians okay, in Israel. Wait, so let me finish. So I, right. I will agree with you that we have work to do within that population, right? Which is what you said before, which is correct, which is there's so much work to do. We need to figure out how to address um, conversion. Um, in a positive, healthy way, which is happening in some places, let's say through the Nativ program and the army, right? And by the way, there are some phenomenon, and again, this is, um, I know from uh, my uh, spousal um, <laughs> anecdotal um, asides, but like when he sees, what he sees is a lot of Russian Sephardi couples, because the Russians who are coming from this old time communist, you know, small families, they're drawn to the warmth of the Sardin. So I'm like, you know what, again, let's wait 15 years. Let's see who these kids are. They consider themselves totally Israeli. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen without work. Of course we need to do work. Who's going to do the work? We need to do the work. I agree but, with you. But we don't have the political power to do it. I, I don't know if that's done politically. Oh, yes, it sometimes has to be done politically. Absolutely. Molly, these people are political being told, you can't, can you imagine if your children... Okay, but what I'm Israel saying is... ...simply can't get married... I agree. I agree with you. We need to work on marriage and we need to work on conversion. And I agree with you that a big piece of that is political, but a big piece of that, as we know, is also you do it without the political gushpanka. And then hopefully in 15 years, the politics will follow. Right. I'm not saying we don't. I would love it if we could get that into our hands. Nothing would make me happier because I think you're totally right. No, we could get it in our hands if our leadership said this is what we want instead of Misrata. Because you would say you want Misrata the tote instead of Misrata Bitachon. You're right. You're right. Listen, I'd be very happy to to have Misrata the tote over Misrata Bitachon. I agree. But what I'm I agree with you. I I don't disagree with both of you. But again, I would I still want Shaked and Nishpatim because I think she's doing really important work for the country. But I agree with you. I I would I don't need Bennett and Bitachon. You know what I'm saying? Benny needs men in the bitachon, and that's the problem. I agree. Johnny, Johnny he was, to say, Johnny's wait, but I so just finished my point. I know, poor Johnny. But my point is, I'm less worried than you about the Russian demographic, because I think that they will also um, naturally become part of the larger Israeli society 
given if we work one second Ruby if we work on solving that they're not Jewish problem which we can solve we can solve it through conversions and I guess that's a very like broad statement nobody like Roach you know attack me for thinking that we can just there are solutions um, and I agree we have, to, we have to we have to put our minds to those things but I don't think that that population is um, you know a, 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 a stick in our throat forever I really don't yeah okay, Johnny Johnny no, my, my poem, which I kind of did shout, interrupting you both. <laughs> you did not. That's called Johnny shouting. Really, honestly, quite But basically, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to be dismissive or, uh, of what Yamina necessarily stands for, but this insistence that they are our party, I think, as I say, is the, uh, the mistake, at least from the way I see it, and I'm happy to be corrected otherwise. Um, you know, it's funny. We've been, we began this, the session talking about how there's a lot more unity in the country than necessarily is is felt and and yet at the same time we're we're seeing things from very different angles and talking about different individual populations and i think this is a really great great way to kind of capsulate israel we are this as you know some person once said we're a, we're a dysfunctional family you know we're part of a family but there's all these kind of idiosyncrasies and, and conflicts and sometimes elections wear people down i have to say and where there's talk of the, about the possibility oh of a fourth election, it really does Please depress a lot down. of people. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it depresses people not just because elections bring out often the worst in people uh, and often the most shallow dimensions of people, which is regrettable because it need not be. And I think that was part of the mistake of Kaholavan. It's because actually our day-to-day lives, we see great things. And just before we started recording, we were talking about the Israeli response to coronavirus. And we were each saying really how though there's been a very hard line position, uh, we're broadly, and I can't speak about every instance, impressed by that. And so, the, although when people see from the outside, they say, what's going on, Israel? Everything's going crazy. The answer is, actually, there's a lot of talk and a lot of shout, and there's a lot of uh, political disputes. But on the ground, it's like we said, there is actually a broad approach of, of, of understanding across various different populations a commitment of working together in different workplaces, in schools, in hospitals, in universities. And don't judge Israel merely by the headlines, you know, on the ground. Actually, there's a lot of fantastic things happening. We just want the political system, shall we say, as Mali said before, mirror actually what the authentic experience is, which is collaboration and understanding and the recognition that a lot of people are here, both for Jewish values and for democratic values. And uh, and as mentioned before, an election where you can have new parties coming in reflects the latter. And the debate's exactly about how far up the ladder should the Jewish values be. That's obviously going to be a matter for continuing political dispute. All right, I think that's a great place to stop. Johnny always uh, wraps us up beautifully. Um, I want to thank Molly Brodsky, Rabbi Molly Brodsky, and Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Uh, we always enjoy getting feedback from our listeners. We got some great feedback from last week's discussion. Um, and uh, if you have any comments, you can leave it on our Facebook page. We actually have a Facebook page that we're going to we try to update every now and then. Uh, maybe, Johnny, if you, if you don't mind, if you could upload the, the link to the statistics that you, that you referred to, yeah. uh, that would be great. We're looking at our Facebook page. Um, uh, my name is Ruben Spolter. I want to thank my son, Petachia Spolter, for, for our music. Also, if you can, if you get this on iTunes and you can rate us, 
We're also on Spotify and a, a zillion other podcast uh, apps. You can rate us and share us. That's the way people learn about our podcast. We very much appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody.